0: The way i figure it, even if I got a job eating eyeballs, it would still be better than the job I had last summer. Seriously. Somehow my brother Pete had gotten a job as a stockbroker. Ellen was teaching old people how to air swim. And me, I ended up on Route 34 cutting the longest, stupidest lawn in the world.
1: It's a dog-eat-dog world, baby. Good.
0: Good morning, GutBuckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. I'm Brett.
2: And I'm Bob. And this is episode 165. Uh, it's our write-in episode, Summer. Uh, Yeah,
0: we, uh, <laughs> I think this is our, I don't know, I think this is our ninth write-in episode. We've done a bunch now. Yeah. And these season- these seasonal ones have been kind of fun.
2: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, um, I like we, just we, picking we... a random show.
0: Yeah. Um, Bob, this is your first time on, but you've been with us for a long time.
3: Oh, yeah. From the beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we, you know, originally you went by Stinner, for those who maybe have listened since the start, but that's just your name, right? Bob Stinner?
4: Yep. <laughs> oh, cool. I actually know you from Instagram by that name. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's just my last name spelled how Leonard Skinner spelled the band name. Oh, nice.
4: <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, Brett and Bob, what do you guys think of when you think about Nickelodeon summertime? Because uh, for me, it's very distinct. Like Nickelodeon to me was summer and Halloween. That mm. was when it really shined. But s- summer in specific, what do you what do you guys think about when you think about Nickelodeon in the 90s?
4: like specific episodes or just certain like feelings or ideas
0: yeah either I guess is it like what just comes to your head
4: uh definitely like swimming and picnics and barbecues and having fun with friends and the beach
3: yeah um not too different I mean specific to Nickelodeon my uh, parents house they had this old like I can't even describe what material it was made out of but We didn't have air conditioning at the time, and it was like bright red and weird like floral pattern cushions. And (laughs) I can't think about Nickelodeon, specifically in the summer, without thinking of laying on that couch and just sweating like a hog watching. Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's so interesting because, I mean, obviously the show is called Big Orange Couch. But yeah, I kind of have a distinctive relationship with the couch. I watched '90s Nick on as well. There's like this mm. uh, forest green futon in the basement, um, and I just guess I guess I do kind of just associate laying on this thing uh, and watching Nick. I don't. know. What
2: about you, Andrew? Is there a couch?
1: <laughs> uh,
2: I don't think so. I, we just went through. Um, a couple couches, I think, but like, I can't, I don't have, um, one couch that I spent all my time on, I guess. What about yeah. a lawn chair? <laughs> lawn chair. <laughs> I mean, you, you
0: had the situation that you had a TV in your bedroom, yeah. so you, you could watch Nick from the luxury of your bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: no. I, uh, forgot is that too much information? That, like... <laughs> no no i'm just trying to
4: imagine andrew's room right now in my head <laughs> probably looks know. like doug funny's room or something <laughs> uh yeah man
2: i remember get like the first tv that I, I got in my room as a kid that was like an incredible mo- moment
1: <laughs> maybe too yeah. big a
2: moment for me
4: you know <laughs> That's a big yeah moment for a lot of kids yeah definitely <laughs> It was like a rite of passage when you got older—is to get a TV yeah. in your room so that you could watch cartoons or whatever.
0: What about you, Brett? What was your what was your space? What what were you watching Nick on?
4: Uh it was definitely in the basement because we had this like nice finished area that was kind of like a living room. And you know, after a few years of remodeling, we managed to get like a big screen down there. So you know, just pop a Nick DVD into it and kick back, relax, and pretend that no one knows that i'm there and just watch a few episodes in one go (laughs) yeah it was fun
0: well cool uh the the uh the task here was of course you know pick whatever show you want uh but make it summer themed uh and nickelodeon did this extremely well uh Mm. just a ton of iconic um summer episodes is there any in particular for you guys that you really remember fondly like summer themed nick episodes
4: for me it was definitely splashdown that always stuck yeah. out in my mind is like that adult swim big public pool and then pete doing that like legendary cannonball into it yeah it's so good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: adult swim yeah very relatable
1: yeah
3: i'm not sure i'm assuming that this is a summer episode but the, the doug where he um everybody like help him cut grass or whatever and to buy something but then he takes them to the amusement park
4: i think oh yeah that was yeah. the skateboard one yeah yeah, yeah that that does
0: feel one. like a summer episode i'm not sure if it is but if it, it, it cutting grass and skateboarding all feels yeah. very summery
4: mm, yeah just going out to have fun in the sun really
0: yeah for sure um, well, uh, we got four, I'm sure, uh, juicy stories lined up here.
2: Uh, Andrew, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, I'm just going to jump right in. You guys stop me when you know what, uh, show this is. I think it's going to happen pretty quick. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, all right. This one's called school's out. It's the mm-hmm. last day of school before summer break at Hillside. And Ashley is oh, calling yes. Courtney. <laughs> Wait, yes. All right, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, uh, fifteen is the name oh, of the
4: show. Oh, great! Right. The legendary fifteen that everyone talks yeah.
2: about so much. L- L- legendary is the word. Yeah. <laughs> Just felt felt ripe for the picking for uh, summer. <phone rings> This, just to set this up a little, this goes, in my mind, this is like an alternate season finale for season one.
4: Ah, that's really interesting, because I'm doing something similar for another show. Oh, cool.
2: Um, So it's late. It's the last day of school before summer break at Hillside, and Ashley is telling Courtney about her big summer plans with Matt. Ashley's family is getting together for a big family reunion, and she can't wait to show off her boyfriend wow that's really great courtney says i wish i could do something like that but i'm stuck babysitting my brother all summer i guess it doesn't matter though dylan isn't going to be home anyway overhearing the conversation brooke and kelly act like they're gagging and brooke says it must be nice to be so perfect
4: (laughs) Uh, she would say that
2: So Brooke tells Kelly that the two of them are going to spend the entire break by the pool, but Kelly reveals that this year she has to stay at her aunt's house in the States. Well, what am I going to do? Brooke asks. Pouting, she says, I guess it's going to be another boring summer at home with Teresa. Ashley and Courtney leave for class, and soon Matt and Jake show up, amped for the last day. You ready to go camping next week, Jake asks. Are you kidding, Matt says. (laughs) This is going to be the best trip of our lives. Have you told is Ashley? All this happening,
0: <laughs> yeah. Is all this happening at school, right?
2: Yeah. This oh, okay. is before okay, uh, before <laughs> like school starts for the day. They're out in the hall. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um have you told Ashley you weren't gonna make her family reunion at, yet? Jake asks. No, but she'll understand, Matt says. When Brooke and Kelly over here, Brooke says, Looks like this summer's just got a lot more interesting.
4: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> nice tagline.
2: Um, so (laughs) So later, Billy is telling Courtney how great this summer will be Having the house to themselves But when Olaf pulls Billy away for one last chess game for the year Courtney vents her frustration to Jake about having to watch her little brother all summer Running back for his English book, Billy overhears his sister complaining And he storms off Meanwhile, over at the Avalon Brooke and Kelly find Ashley studying, and they sit down in the booth behind her. Uh, They accidentally let the news slip about Matt's camping trip next weekend, and when Ashley hears, she's so upset that the camera zooms in and dramatic
4: music plays.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's upset because she didn't know about it? No, she's upset because... Yeah, yeah.
2: You got it. Okay. Okay. Mm. (laughs) Um... So back at school, Billy and Dylan are hanging out on the couches, and Billy says, "Can you believe her? If she doesn't want to hang out with me, she doesn't have to. I'm not a little kid, and I don't need a babysitter. I wish I had a cool place like yours to stay at. I can't help you, kid." Dylan says as he strums his <laughs> guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's too cool. He's too cool. Yeah. I'm going to be. On- <laughs> I'm going to be on the road with the band this summer. Teenager, teenagers in Love is touring the country. Wow, that's so cool, Billy, says. Hey, maybe I could come with you guys. You know, help carry your equipment. Hey, nobody touches my axe, Dylan says. <laughs> Besides.
4: Is <laughs> <laughs> it an acoustic or electric guitar? <laughs> uh,
2: electric, I believe. Oh, gotcha. Yeah.
4: That'll definitely up his coolness factor. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, When Matt gets to the Avalon, he sits in Ashley's booth and grabs one of her fries, and she tells him he should have asked. Jeez, sorry, Matt says. What's your problem? (laughs) When were you going to tell me about your camping trip, she asks. Oh, that, he says. I swear, I was planning to tell you, I just didn't know how. Well, thanks so much for worrying about my feelings. (laughs) <laughs> it's just
0: you're really now you're really nailing this uh this 15 by. Yeah.
4: It's like an actual episode. I just think the popcorn. <laughs>
0: I don't know if you're um, I don't know if you're having characters uh, repeat what they happened in the last scene enough, but mm. yeah, I mean I I made it a little less repetitive
2: I think than an actual uh, story
0: description. Yeah, but... you're trying to make Yeah, make it good,
2: yeah. 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 Um it's just one weekend. We can spend the rest of the summer together. What's the big deal? The big deal? Ha. Nothing. (laughs) Just forget it. Have fun with your friends. As she picks up her books and storms off, Matt yells, Ashley! (laughs) 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 This is fun.
3: Yeah, this is fantastic.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Matt sulks in the booth Eating the rest of Ashley's fries And the camera pans to Brooke and Kelly Sitting at the bar, smiling at each other Maniacally (laughs) At the end of the school day Olaf and Teresa say their goodbyes And reveal that they won't be returning to Hillside next year no As the kids finish signing autographs And filling out uh, Excuse me As the kids finish signing autographs And filing out of the halls Courtney starts getting worried when she can't find her brother But Jake offers to help her look Meanwhile, Dylan is in his garage packing for the tour when he hears his hi-hat rattle and warns the intruder to come out before he gets hurt. (laughs) Billy steps out from behind the drum set with his hands up. Don't shred me, he says. It's just me. (laughs) What are you doing in here, Dylan demands. I promise I wasn't hurting anything, he says. I just figured since my sister doesn't want me around and you're going on tour, I could stay here where I won't bother anyone. They hear people talking outside, and soon Courtney and Jake enter the garage. When Courtney sees Billy with his sleeping bag, she yells at him to get his stuff and that she's taking him home. I was just coming to wish you a good trip, she tells Dylan. I can't believe you would do something like this. It's not my fault, Dylan says. The kid just showed up here. (laughs) Whatever, Courtney (laughs) says. I hope you have a really great summer. Back at the Avalon, Matt runs into Ashley and asks her what he can do to make things right. You can come to my family reunion like you said you would, she tells him. But I can't bail on the guys, Matt says. Then I guess there's nothing left to talk about. So what? We're broken up for the whole summer? I guess we are. As he watches her go, (laughs) the camera pans to Brooke and Kelly at the counter and Kelly says, that was a fun way to start the summer. Well, I have to go (laughs) pack. (laughs) See you next year. Yeah, Brooke says, as she absently swirls her milkshake. See you next year.
0: Next time on 15.
2: Upon discovering that Kelly and Jake won't be coming back to Hillside, Matt and Brooke form a new friendship, and Ashley can't help feeling jealous. Dylan is back from the road, excited to see Courtney, but over the summer, she and Jake have become more than friends. Billy joins Ooh. the chess Ooh. club and makes a new enemy.
0: Oh. <laughs> awesome.
2: <Wow. laughs> Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> that was
3: outstanding.
2: What was that episode called? Uh, School's Out. School's Out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I All was right, uh, Yeah. Uh, I was just like looking through the episodes like Uh, upset to see that there was no summer break episode, or, like, last day of school episode. At least in the first uh, season or two. So that, um... You know, just wanted to see it. Just started clicking.
4: (laughs) There you go. Fill in a gap.
0: (laughs) An extra degree of difficulty because... There's only 3 sets on this show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like you can't just have them go walk around or Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's I, it, it has to just be them dialoguing about what summer's going to be like. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Um I I really tried to work in Courtney's or not Courtney uh Brooks' room, but yeah. I just couldn't figure out a way to get there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you hit the
0: sweet spots. uh, Your dialogue was uh, just frighteningly close to the real deal.
4: (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe you have some material for a 15 reboot, Andrew.
2: Oh, boy. I would love it. (laughs) Pitch it to
0: Netflix there you go executive producer <laughs> let's do it you know that teen show that nobody watched in the 90s yeah we want to we want to <laughs> see if uh, we could start it game. up.
4: this mm. summer it's back
0: <laughs> uh, awesome i i i uh I love that you went 15. That that didn't even occur to me.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I was hoping that would catch
4: you guys off guard. Yeah. It did. I, I almost thought it was Hey Arnold because of the hill in the name, but then I was like, ah. wait, I better not make a fool of myself. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I,
3: I exact same thing went through my head, and I was completely taken aback that you went with 15.
4: So. <laughs> yeah, good choice, though. So real you. gem. Glad
0: you guys liked it.
3: Cool. Does that mean I'm up?
0: I think you're up, Bob.
3: Okay, um, I'm going to um, hold the name of the episode until the end because it basically gives it away. So, ah.
1: cool. You,
3: uh, you guys, tell me if you can uh, when you know what uh, what show this is. This might. Okay, we start off in Clarissa's room. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got it. Yeah,
1: so we're we're there.
0: Just keep going a a little bit.
3: uh. (laughs) We're like, we're, we're zoomed in on Clarissa. Just behind her is the window, and she looks really concerned. She says, hey, what's going on? I'm sure you're doing better than I am because I'm smack dab in the middle of a gargantuan problem, and I'm really not sure how to fix it. I just can't figure out what to do. You see, other than Sam, there's only one other living thing that has been with me through everything for as long as I can remember. Through all of Mom's mother-daughter get-to-know-you's, all of Dad's father-daughter camping expeditions, and through every single plot and scheme the Ferg Turd has concocted, through all (laughs) of it, my pet alligator Elvis has been there. Sure, he doesn't say much,
2: Mm.
3: but his stoic presence is always enough to center me when things get tough. But now. Well, I guess prehistoric predators go through puberty too. The camera pulls away. <laughs> the, the camera pulls away from Clarissa and it shows the room, and El- Elvis is like seven feet long. He's like fully grown. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I love it. You should, oh, geez. You should eat Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, 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 now, no spoilers. Okay. <laughs> He's, uh, oh, this is Clarissa again. He's seven feet long and although he has accepted me as his caretaker, this doesn't seem sustainable. We're now halfway through my summer vacation and I've spent one and a half months trying to figure out what to do. If I don't think of something soon, I can say later Gator to summer vacation. (laughs) Then the intro plays. back to Clarissa's room and she's sitting at her computer you know programming whatever it is she does and then clank the ladder hits the window hey sam guitar i'm hoping you can edit in the guitar twang hey Clarissa (laughs) careful when you come in move very slowly then she turns to elvis and says easy elvis it's sam you know sam and then elvis just kind of looks up at sam and then turns back to look at the wall because he can't really move So Sam hops off the apron and steps over very gingerly over poor Elvis. So was your dad able to get in touch with his friend at the zoo supply place? Sorry, Clarissa. He talked to him, but he can't authorize that large a tank to a non-approved, non-zoo entity. Oh, well, thanks anyway, she says. Then Sam asks if she has given any more thought to what he suggested a few weeks ago, back when Elvis first started his growth spurt. She says that she has, but she can't come to terms with not having Elvis around. And Sam reiterates that he knows that it would be hard for Clarissa to set Elvis free, but thinks it would be best for him. Just look at him, Clarissa. Every time I come by, he's just staring at a different wall. And here I kind of like envisioned four or five different shots of him just kind of like rotated, looking at different walls, you know, like not really moving (laughs) because he can't really move.
4: (laughs) Nice, nice touch.
3: (laughs) So she enters the room and says, Clarissa, sweetheart, oh my God. Obviously startled by the size of Elvis. Clarissa, is that Elvis? No, mom, it's Chuck Berry. Clarissa, I'm sorry, mom. Yes, it's Elvis. He's gotten a little bigger and I don't know what to do about it. Sam reiterates that he thinks they should release Elvis into the wild. Janet says, here? Do you think there's a natural habitat for alligators anywhere around here? Well, sure. After all, we are in the sunny state of, I just don't know if that's the best idea, Sam. And she interrupts him. (laughs) Elvis has been a part of Clarissa's life since, since forever. After she kind of frets about Elvis, Janet eventually tells Clarissa that she may be able to help her as she believes she might be able to borrow a tank from the angel, from the angel Island Chuckwalla display at the museum Slash library where she works. I, can't, I can never remember which it is. So then after that, she leaves and Marshall comes in. Hey, sport, I heard your mother shout. What's all the exo- excitement about? Oh, my holy smokes, is that Elvis? <laughs> Sam, perplexed, looks at Clarissa and says, Have there been multiple alligators in your house that I haven't known about? <laughs> yes, Dad, of course it's Elvis, and he just keeps growing. I mean, he's enormous, Clarissa. He wasn't anywhere near this big the other day. And she says, well, let's recap. And this is one of those, um, like, montages where she kind of, like, dictates over, like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. things that are going on. <laughs> the first sign of trouble was a few weeks ago when I came home from school and Elvis had flattened his castle. So then it's Elvis laying in the little kiddie pool with the sand on top of the little <laughs> castle, just totally flattened. <laughs> Marshall says, oh, right, that's when I build him the tank. Right. That didn't last long, though. When Jody came over for a girl's movie night, she freaked when she saw him and ran out. Poor Jody. She hasn't been back since. We haven't been able to talk about Dylan and Brenda at the spring dance. I had to... Oh, I had to pitch the whole tank. But thanks, Dad. And then there's a shot of Jody running out and Elvis, like, with his head through one side of a tank and his arms and legs through the sides and his tail sticking (laughs) out the other. (laughs) Um... And then Marshall says, no problem, sport. And then he says, wait a minute. Is that why we got that letter from the Homeowners Association about all the glass and the garbage? We can't say for sure, Dad. Let's keep this focused on Elvis, shall we? Then she says, now I've resorted to him just sitting on the floor, but I don't know, Dad. I can't believe that's good for him. Well, you know what? I've got a great idea, he says. Marshall reveals that he will design and build a habitat for Elvis in the backyard. Really, Dad? That's a great idea. Sam interjects, I don't know, Mr. Darling, do you really think that's the right thing to do for Elvis? I mean, we live in, Sam, anything a man or precocious teenage girl puts their minds to, they can achieve. (laughs) Again, interrupting him. (laughs) I'll start on it now, sport. Thanks, Dad. Marshall exits. Sam again implores Clarissa to consider releasing Elvis. She tells him that this predicament has ruined half of her summer vacation and that if she releases him... Not only will the second half be ruined, but the rest of her life will as well. Will be ruined as well. I don't know how this could get any more difficult. And right on cue, enter Ferguson. Heard you were having some issues with. Good grief! Is that Elvis? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure, but he never liked you, Ferga nerd. So stick your head in his mouth and let's find out. And then it's it's a shot of Elvis just like growling, I guess. (laughs) but ferguson ferguson has an idea he suggests he he wants to put him in a pen in the basement and charge people 10 bucks to see him so says what no way come on sis i'll cut you into the profits let's say 10 percent. that could really make a dent in your car funds and more importantly it will help me pay for travel and board expenses for the genius future millionaire seminar next month (laughs) (laughs) beat it ferg brain it isn't worth turning elvis into a sideshow Ferguson says he doesn't see any other solution, so he'll build the pen in the basement for when she comes around to the fact that his idea is the most efficient and profitable. And then for some reason I have here that it goes to commercial. Um, I don't know why. I I think because it makes (laughs) most sense. Like the next part makes most sense coming back from a commercial.
1: Coming up next on Nickelodeon, it's Clarissa Explains It All, followed by 15. You're watching, Nick, and now back to Clarissa Explains It All.
3: She So here are the options for my poor overgrown pal here. And here we have the uh, computer game sort of montage thing. So Clarissa says, first we have Sam's idea, which is set Elvis free. I can't ig- ignore the obvious that this would probably make Elvis happiest, but won't he miss me? I know I'd miss him. Right now, I don't even want to think about this plan. And on the computer screen, we see Elvis is set free, slinking off into the lake, Sam has a happy face and Clarissa has a sad face. Option two is my mom was going to try and procure an enormous tank for Elvis from the museum where she works. Unfortunately, she told me that when they tried to move the Angel Island Wallace, they got loose in the museum and have caused havoc for a week. And the graphic is, Little angel island chakwalas, which are basically like like lizard-looking things, like iguanas. Mm -hmm. And they're all running around, and Janet Darling has like a freaked out look on her face, like just losing her mind. Um, And then our last hope, my dad is designing a habitat for him to build in the backyard. And if that doesn't work, there's option four, but I just couldn't do it. And the uh, graphic is, it's like a... (laughs) It's a swanky alligator bachelor pad in the backyard. Elvis is lounging on a beach chair with a drink with an umbrella in it, while Clarissa, smi- Clarissa smiles and waves at him as she walks by. Oh, I, I did the, the voiceover part for the option four, but the option four with um, for Ferguson's idea is, Elvis chained to the wall in the basement as Ferguson cackles and collects money from visitors. Um, oh, so Marshall, after she's done talking about the computer, Program she did. Uh, Marshall comes in and tells her that he just can't get the proportions for the habitat right. Says, I can't fit the castle in if he wants room to roam. And if I'm to give him an umbrella to shade himself from the sun on really hot days, there's no way we could fit in the mini moat. There's just not enough room. I'm sorry, sport. Oh, but dad, sorry, kiddo. Well, can't we take out a wall? Maybe dig up a tree or two? Move him to the front yard? I'm sorry, Clarissa. I think you know what you have to do. As he exits, Ferguson shows up, smugly ready to escort Elvis down to the basement. Yeah, sis, come on. I've got $200 in pre-sales and a line around the block. He fans a thing of money, breathing in the fresh scent of the greenbacks.
1: <laughs> That's enough,
3: Ferguson. Oh, Marshall didn't leave. Sorry. Sorry about that. That was my fault. He's, he's still there. That's enough, Ferguson. But, Dad, we could be rich. Clarissa starts to panic as Ferguson's demands kind of, like, echo around her, and she's kind of, like, freaking out, and the camera zooms in on her. And it spins around until she finally says, just beat it, Fergazoid. And then it cuts to her in, a, in her room without Elvis, and she's writing in a notebook. Oh, after a second, she looks up and speaks to us. and She looks like she's re- dressed to go swimming. And she says, it was a tough decision, but in the end, I think I did what was right. In a way, it was selfish of me to think I could hold on to Elvis's whole life. I know my buddy is where he belongs, lounging at the bottom of a lake. After all, alligators can live between 30 and 50 years, and that's just way too many summer vacations to miss, and I think he understands. Clarissa walks to the door and leaves. Just before the credits roll, the camera pans to a framed photo of her on her desk with her arm around Elvis. Ah.
4: Uh, oh, that's very sweet.
2: Man. Yeah, that was really
4: good.
0: Bob, can I say that I think if I think if that uh, episode existed, it would be one of my favorites.
4: Yeah. That was fun.
3: I'm well, tell you what, that means a <laughs> lot. Thank you. That
0: really I, I, does. I I was... Yeah, I'm a huge Elvis fan, and I always felt uh, Clarissa, you know, I, I get why they didn't incorporate it, but this feels like a perfect send-off.
3: Yeah. Thank you. I wanted to, I mean, didn't you guys, did you guys mention that on the last, or one of the last episodes where they kind of just stopped having him on the show? They just, like, said that's enough.
2: Yeah. So. Does not make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's season one only, right, Andrew? I th- yeah, I think you're right.
3: Yeah, uh, and that kind of got my brain. Yeah, kind of. That was uh, churning.
4: So just the
2: idea of Elvis suddenly being a full-size alligator—that's a great. Um, <laughs> yeah,
4: it's a great there. image. Yeah. I'll
2: yeah, like definitely.
0: That. Yeah, you, you could do Thank a lot you. with it. Awesome. Yeah. Oh wait, so wait, what was that episode oh.
3: called? Oh yeah. Oh, it's called um Elvis Has Left the Dog. Ah. Oh. Oh, so clever. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. it good to um, save it. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that re- yeah. It was
0: That really seals it. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. That's um actually I don't know do you know like the origins of that phrase? Uh, isn't that what
0: they said every time a press Elvis Presley concert ended?
3: Yeah, yeah, and it's—I never would have known that. But here's another little tidbit: um, I'm from Pittsburgh, and the announcer for the Penguins, when they would win, when they win, he says, "Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building." And I was like, "Why in the <laughs> hell would you say that?" Yeah, there's
4: no context there.
3: Writing this. Yeah, like writing this, I was like, I wonder why I wonder what that is, because that'd be a good name for this, and I just looked it up.
0: Yeah. It but you never found out why the penguins say that?
3: <laughs> well, there, the announcer says he has all kinds of like crazy like sayings. He just he'll just rattle off. If somebody scores, he'll say something like, Scratch my back with a hacksaw. <laughs> that
4: sounds like a little Pete insult. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah so he says all kinds of wild things, so yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Well, great
4: great
0: job, Bob. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that was very good. Thank you. I'm glad you guys liked it.
0: Alright. Well, uh, I'll go next here. Um I'll I guess I'll do the same thing here. I'll I'll let you guys I don't know, at some point I'm gonna have to kind of give it away, but uh it'll be pretty fast. Okay. Um so this starts with a, a narration, okay? mm
1: hmm mm-hmm.
0: When that final school bell rings and teachers lay their chalk to rest and kids burst out the I mean, I schoolhouse doors. Pete, Pete, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing. I did. Pete. I went Pete and I did. I went Pete, Pete and Pete.
3: Man, awesome! <laughs> all right, have you? I can't remember all of them. Have you guys done a writing episode, of Pete and Pete?
0: No, we have not. Um, okay, and I. You know, I've been very ner- I've been very nervous about committing to do a Pete and Pete, so this seemed like kind of a good excuse to just like get in a test run.
2: <laughs>
3: right.
4: Uh yeah, definitely.
0: Plus Pete and Pete is kind of like I mean, that's the show that springs to my head when I think Nick Summer. So um, yeah,
4: we're on the same page there then.
0: Yeah. I, I I do have to say I have like when writing a Pete and Pete I had so much uh dialogue at, you'll notice it starts with like a lot of like dialogue and then I just realized this is not sustainable uh so it it's uh, it it go I don't know it, it switches
2: between uh narrative and dialogue uh are you are you going to give us the title of this or yeah, Are in a second. Give, give no. it a second. Okay, all
0: right. All right. <laughs> Let him review it.
2: It's not a very good title.
0: but um, When that final school bell rings and teachers lay their chalk to rest and kids burst out the schoolhouse doors, what lays before them is an endless summer full of endless options. The world is yours. You can marathon TV for two straight hours like my friend Bill Korn, power walk the entire city border of Wellsville like Teddy Forsman, Or take up new hobbies like painting, beetle fighting, making snow globes, or soap carving. And we see images of uh, Nona Mecklenburg doing all these activities. Summer is a vast universe of possibilities. That is, if no one gets in the way. And then we cut to the Wrigley's kitchen. Big Pete. A job? Why? Don Wrigley. Pete. If you want to go to the movies or out with your friends, then it's time you ha- its time you be the hand that feeds and not just rely on your mother and me. Little Pete, the invisible hand, Adam Smith. Big Pete, shut it, Birdbrain, Little Pete shrugs. Joyce, your father's right, dear. It's that time in your life where you need to go out and experience something new, and that includes a job. Big Pete, what about being a range boy? Don, as I recall Pete, you quit. Now I picked up some applications from the city. Fill them out and I'll drop them off tomorrow morning. Don plops a pile of papers in front of a stunned Big Pete. Big Pete slowly looks at them. Bird feeder? Pavement inspector? City lawn care? Narration. And just, and just like that, summer was over. Today's adventure, in route. Uh, Ian, en route. Um, and I should say, actually, um, so a little bit of a cheat, but I actually adapted this uh, off of the Pete and Pete short Route 34.
4: Oh, oh nice. Okay. That's actually uh, similar to how the big race short was adapted to Apocalypse Pink Oh, okay. As yeah. A
0: special. I, you know, uh, the yeah. image, there's some images from the short, Route 34 that's stuck in my head. So I'm like, you know, I want to flesh this out a little bit. So uh, th- that's where I'm headed here. But back to the narration, the first day of summer might as well have been my last. I had been sentenced to two months of a summer job. And what was my crime? Being a teenager whose parents had expectations. We see Big Pete and Ellen on the front lawn with Little Pete sitting on the steps looking into a small hand mirror. Ellen is in her ice cream work uniform. Ellen says, really, it's not so bad, Pete. I like working in the summer. You get to see friends and neighbors, teachers, family, local consumers. Big Pete, maybe you do, but the only thing I'll be consuming is the smell of freshly cut grass. Narration: In the 12 applications filled out, the only job hiring under enthused teenagers that summer was the city's landscaping crew. I had landed the most undesirable stretch of grass in Wellsville. We cut to a we cut to a median of grass on a highway. A strip of grass as far as the eye can see an incredibly high grass. Route 34. An expanse of grass so immense, so dull and tedious it hadn't been cut in years. Little Little Pete looks up from his mirror. As the, as the great Edward Barnese once said, human desires are the steam which make the social machine work. Desire the grass, Pete, and the rest will be sweet gravy. Narration. <laughs> As for my brother Pete, he decided to spend his summer manipulating the elder minds of Wellsville with a new economics and stocks tutorial class. He figured he could make a quick buck while propagandizing his enemies. All this in honor of his newest idol, Edward Barnace. We see a a stock photo of Barnace. We see Pete manicuring a few whiskers with a comb. He's also decided to grow a patented Barnace mustache this summer. (laughs) Don Wrigley walks out and asks Pete if he's ready. Ellen says she'll talk to Pete later and Big Pete gets in the car with his dad. We cut to Don driving and talking to Pete in a fatherly way. Don gives Pete tips on how to perfectly cut the the grass. Pete stares out the window, miserable. The car pulls up to the side of Route 34, cars going past. Pete gets out of the car, as does Don. Sitting on the side of the road is a mower. Don says, ah, there she is. The city said they'd leave her here for you. A Krebboy Mower 200. (laughs) State-of-the-art blade, easy-to-grip handle, and non-resistant tire action. All gassed up and ready to go, eh, son? We see a huge amount of grass before Pete. Don says, don't be intimidated, son. The mower and the grass are lovers. Your job is simply to introduce the two. Big, (laughs) Big, (laughs) Big Pete says, yeah, yeah, thanks, Dad. Dad takes off and Big Pete starts up the mower. He begins pushing. We see a montage of Big Pete dripping with sweat, wiping his forehead in the summer heat. It looks hot and Pete is struggling just to push the mower as cars go whizzing past. He squints and he sees Mr. Tasty waving from the other side of the median. He walks over as Tasty is holding out a blue tornado bar. Quickly, Big Pete realizes it's a mirage as Tasty fades away. The close up on Tasty's popsicle transitions to a real popsicle. We see adults walking into the Wrigley residence. Artie and Nona are handing out popsicles to the attendees of Little Pete's stock tutorial class. Nona politely passes them out. Summer treats for Wellsville's elite. Artie is more animated. Artie is in his typical attire, except today he has baggy suit pants over his tights. (laughs) Artie, Artie says, eat if you dare, eat if you dare. Little Pete, little Pete is politely schmoozing his guests, filling in the seats in the living room. He is in a full suit, now sporting a thick mustache. Looking lovely, Mrs. Blotart. Have you lost weight? Hey, Mr. <laughs> hey, Mr. Abahasan, looking good. A portable screen and projector set up. There's a portable screen in the living room set up that says, Your Future, Your Money, presented by Dr. Pete Wrigley. Little Pete has an audience ready and eager to write down his every word, including his father, Don. Little Pete rubs his mustache. It's a dog-eat-dog world, baby, and I'm going to turn you into bulldogs. <laughs> Artie is <laughs> Artie is striking poses and snarling. His audience all immediately start writing. Little Pete. First step. The conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in de- democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitutes an invisible government. As little Pete drones on and every adult in the room writes, Big Pete narrates. Little, or He says, Pete had no intention of making the adults of Wellsville rich, many of whom secretly operated under the much maligned international adult conspiracy. Instead, Pete had captured the minds of Wellsville adults while the kids ran wild, enjoying the early days of the summer. We see kids running all over the place doing whatever they want, including drinking out of hose faucets, poking beehives and eating ice cream out of a carton in a hammock. While the kids of Wellsville ran rampant, Pete could also encourage investments beneficial to the kids. Little Pete says, Chairman of the Federal Reserve Alan Greenspan predicts that the local ice cream and goat cart industries are about to explode. Only a total tick liquor f- f- fungus wad wouldn't invest now. Parents write down as if their lives depend on it. We cut to Ellen's ice cream hut, decked out with everything new and her manager, Mr. Oppenheimer, counting a huge bundle of cash in his hand. Um, So pretty much every time Little Pete uh, suggests an investment, there will be a cutaway of it becoming true. The parents are going to invest it in whatever he says.
2: Um,
0: we, We cut to Pete's bedroom at night. Little Pete's counting money as Big Pete looks totally worn out. Little Pete, they're eating up every word I say. I could make them do anything I want. Mm-hmm, Big Pete says as he's half listening, half falling asleep. Must be nice. Cut to the morning and Big Pete is cutting Route 34 again. He Narration. I tried to occupy my time playing games. How many red cars had dogs ha- hanging their head out the passenger window versus how many blue cars? Around the 170 mile mark, I got so bored I began asking myself deep philosophical questions like, Do cats <laughs> go to cat heaven or do they go to regular heaven? Then I tried to blow up passing cars with psychic energy. I counted hitchhikers, of which there were a surprising amount. I even attempted to mow patterns into the grass, and it shows an elaborate g- grass cutting of the letter P. But but all I could think about is but all you could think about is how every other kid in Wellsville was enjoying their summer besides me. All of a
3: sudden, we- can I ask you a question? Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. You are so on a roll, but I am very curious. Is this thing he's cutting, is it like so big that you can only cut it like once throughout the whole summer, or is it a thing that they cut multiple times?
0: I just imagine like uh you know, the green strip of grass in between the highway that just kind of goes on forever. Mm-hmm. Um so like okay. it's not even possible that he could cut it all. Um it's gotcha. Yeah, it just goes on forever.
4: <laughs> it's very fitting. Cool.
0: Um all of a sudden we see Teddy power walking and waving happily at big pete in the median (laughs) teddy explains that he's already walked 17 percent of the city's border big pete vents about cutting the grass and teddy offers to walk with pete as he cuts we see an amusing shot of teddy power walking as pete pushes the lawnmower we cut back to the wrigley home we see a montage of little pete giving business tips that quickly cut to the result of it for example little pete says infrastructure is everything in wellsville that starts with up the upgrading of Wellsville's busing system. We entrust these vehicles to drive our children. We then see bus driver Stu giggling as he sits behind the wheel of a seemingly brand new bus. He peels a purchase sticker off the dashboard and says, Oh yeah, baby, you'll do just fine. And <laughs> An adult in the room asks Little Pete if he thinks investing in 401ks is a good idea. Little Pete, absolutely not. Waste of time. Rec- recreational investments is the hot market today, Artie says. Scorchy, Scorchy, we see that we see the Wellsville we we cut to the Wellsville Wellsville pool with a brand new swirly slide and kids going down. All right, so back to Big Pete's room at night. Big Pete looks totally exhausted and shows Little Pete the blisters and sores on his hands. He tells Little Pete that he can't do it anymore. Little Pete tells him to stop complaining, like <coughs> Big. Big Pete tells Little Pete that every kid should have a summer. I have my whole life to work, he says. I only have a few summers of my youth left. Don't you see? Every day I work is another day that they, meaning adults, win. Little Pete is now listening and nodding while stroking his now even bigger mustache. The next day at Little Pete's stock meeting, Little Pete starts to speak. Nona runs over, hands Little Pete a newspaper, points and whispers something in little pete's ear little pete acts excited we just received some very exciting news parents in the room try to guess the news but all the guesses are horribly off little pete stops them it turns out the hottest market to invest in is something wellsville has an abundance of again the adults try to guess but all their guesses are extremely off as little pete Mm -hmm. speaks It's intercut with shots of Big Pete cutting the grass and Endless Mike driving slowly on the shoulder of the highway throwing things at him. Yes.
4: I'm glad he made an appearance.
0: (laughs) Little Little Pete continues. Grass. The room is confused. That's right, people. Grass. Old Abe Lincoln once said, Every blade of grass is a study, and to produce two where there was but one is both a profit and pleasure. (laughs) Room nods as if they, <laughs> the room nods as if they know what Pete's talking about. Today, grass is both a profit and pleasure. There's word in town that there's a new market for grass. A new company is investing in towns that can provide long, thick strands of gl- grass. The adults all start slow nodding. Little, little Pete says, Mr. Hickle, did you cut your grass this week? Of course I did. <laughs> Don Wrigley. Yeah. Mr. Abohassan. He, n- he nods sheepishly. "'Stop now!' Little Pete yells. "'This city is sitting on a gold mine. "'We must conserve our grass.'" All right, cut to Big Pete gets home and plops down in the kitchen. He looks like a zombie. Don walks into the kitchen and sits down at the table with Big Pete. "'Pete, my boy, we need to talk.'" Big Pete, "'I know, Dad. "'This will all pay off by learning the value of a hard day's work and paying my own way.'" Don, "'No. I mean, yes, but no.'" Son, I was thinking maybe you'd be best off quitting that job of yours. Big Pete looks confused. Quit? That's right, son. You deserve to enjoy your summer. Don says, Don says, trying to hide his real motive. I mean, you worked so hard in school this year. You're only three grades away from straight Bs. <laughs> Don stands up. <laughs> Don stands up and pats Pete on the shoulder in a loving way. Big Pete staggers out onto the porch, looking stunned. He hears the birds chirping, kids yelling and playing. We see a close-up on Big Pete with a tear streaming down his face. What just happened? he asks himself. Little Pete walks outside, freshly shaven. He hands Big Pete a piece of paper that says, Investment Tip Number 8, Don't Cut the Grass, Save the Grass. Big Pete looks at Little Pete. You? You did this? Little Pete shrugs. Well, I couldn't let them win, could I? Little Pete points to his dad who is in the yard talking to the grass, urging it to grow. (laughs) Big Pete looks down the street and in every yard there's adults in the yard caring for their grass. Little Pete. Plus someone once told me every kid should have a summer. You'll have your whole life to work, he smiles. But Little Pete says you owe me. Big Pete says what are you thinking? We see a montage of Big Pete and Little Pete walking down streets talking and laughing. We see Pete's we see the Pete's walking through a parking lot as the sunset as the sun sets, and they're walking towards Ellen's ice cream stand. We see them order it. Uh, we see them order ice cream and stand at the counter as Big Pete narrates. Maybe it's true that the grass is greener on the other side. Maybe it's just greener when you don't have to mow it. In the seasons of our lives, we make friends and enemies. We work and relax. I was doomed to a summer of cutting grass on Route 34, but what I found out. That in the seasons of our lives, there's one season where all the kids are on the same team. Wow. And that's it.
3: Fantastic. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> really good. Yeah. That's uh, a lot Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. Lived up to the Pete and Pete, like story complexity. A lot yeah. of details in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, Took the words right totally. out of my mouth. That's uh. D- Man.
0: That's the hard, what what I found when starting to write it is like the hard part is not getting excited about all those like weird details. Like you could just go on for days trying to fit in like weird stuff.
4: (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. And uh, for the sake of this episode, I'm like, well, I better just (laughs) try to keep it at a medium rate.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Wrangle it in so it doesn't turn into an hour special. (laughs) It was great though. It feels like it. It fits in like somewhere early, mid season two. I can see it there.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm a sucker for grass mowing episodes. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty great. Um, yeah. And just like the idea of that. I mean, I am i don't specifically remember that short now. Uh, okay. So I don't know what they show in that, but just the idea of the strip of grass is a great Uh, really great visual um and big pete's whole whole storyline like felt very big Petey, just as little pete's felt like right in line with what little p would be doing was yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. i I should say the little pete storyline uh also comes from the short uh where big pete is cutting the The mower, uh, it's like only one second, but they say that uh little Pete has started, <laughs> yeah, his the own mutual stocks <laughs>
4: his own mutual <laughs> stocks, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is definitely a, a faithful adaptation and expansion upon that story because that was actually the very first Pete and Pete short I've ever watched before I got into the show. And all oh, I could think about is, you know, as like I don't know, as four or five then. Um, wow, I hope I never have to mow that much lawn
3: (laughs) I, when I was a kid watching Pete and Pete I never saw like the um, like the one brother sweeping swooping in at the end and saving the other one like I never saw that coming and I was always like, oh yeah, great when I was a kid Um, so for you to have done that and this one I loved it. I
2: thought it was great. Uh that really was effective. Like I I didn't see it coming until the very end. Like I just um I don't know. It's like so convincing thinking of little Pete uh being involved in these schemes that are like just for him. Yeah that it's like <laughs> it's very hard it's easy to forget that like he's he can be a good guy too. In the end, you know. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think Little Pete always has like a soft spot for Big Pete, yeah. but it's easier for him to be kind of tough. Right. I also loved. I also loved the imagery of just like Little Pete suggests something. I, I love Wellsville being happy. Yeah. So like just like uh, will just Little Pete suggesting something and then seeing you know Wellsville erupt with happiness because Little Pete has uh, convinced adults to invest.
4: Yeah. yeah, they're pretty much like Nickelodeon's version of Springfield from The Simpsons. You kind of care about all these little <laughs> nuanced characters when they come right, together. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah, I lo- I think that's uh, kind of an important summer episode um, thing. I don't know, like ha- seeing uh, all the characters that you don't normally always see. Uh, so that did yeah. feel yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I liked cool. uh, just... Just hearing Mrs. Blotard in there.
1: Uh. Yeah. I was thinking of her arm Good club memory. already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. it's a great one.
4: I have a question. Um, at the beginning of P&P, when you see that little lawnmower go by that weird looking gnome statue <laughs> on the lawn, do you think that is like a secret shot of him mowing Highway 34?
0: <laughs> uh yeah maybe yeah let's just say uh the lawnmowers from our uh, big piece summer job
4: there you go it all connects <laughs> love it
0: yeah that was very uh, good i agree yeah. all right brett you want
4: to you want to bring us home uh yes i will <laughs> all right so um i don't know if i should keep it hidden like the rest of you although it's probably gonna be hard to hide like yours joey um because you know i'll get into it <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll just say it, and then you can figure out what show it's from. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so oh, actually, that won't work because as soon as I say the first word, I give it away. <laughs> <laughs> so spoiler alert, it's from Doug. And there's there's a caveat from it is that I'm retconning the entire Disney Doug because I wrote this as an alternate season finale to the four seasons of Nickelodeon Doug instead wow. of Doug's bad trip so awesome. this happens instead of Doug's bad trip whoa okay <laughs> yeah see how it goes and i'll i'll try to do voices where applicable but i did a dry run <laughs> earlier and my female voices are not too great <laughs> okay Doug narrates while he sits at his desk writing. Dear Journal, did you ever wonder why people have phobias? Like why kids are afraid of the dark or even afraid to move to a new place? Well, mine's a little different. Mine deals with a phobia most people aren't afraid of. It all started at the Bluffington Beach last weekend. Crossfade to the funny family car entering the Bluffington Beach parking lot. Phil enthusiastically shouting, We're here! Another day of fun in the sun for the funny family! (laughs) Doug continues his narration while he helps his family bring their cooler, chairs, and towels to a designated spot on the shore. It was just another summer day, that is, until I got into the water. Only then had I remembered why I wanted to stay home in the first place. Doug enters knee-deep into the water carefully. Moments later, a jellyfish hovers around him. And he frantically splashes, fumbling his way back to the shore, shaking from the trauma. Bummed out, guitar twang as the camera zooms in on Doug's anxious expression. Cue title sequence with theme music. Da 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 Doug's ocean of commotion. Da 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 da. I like it. Thanks. So far, so good. Back to the episode. Yeah. Fade in to Doug wrapped in a towel, sunglasses, and a wide-brimmed straw hat as he sits underneath the funny family umbrella, watching random locals having fun on the shore. Doug elaborates on his narration. It never dawned on me how much afraid of the ocean I was. Normally, I can handle pools and lakes just fine, but for some reason, whenever I take even one, just one step into the sea foam, I clam up. While Doug sits there in his cocoon of some protective gear, a beach ball abruptly bounces off of his face. Oof. Sorry, a voice shouts from afar. Hey, what? Whoops! Sorry, I lost my place. Hey, watch where you're throwing that thing. Doug shakes his fist in the air. Didn't mean to startle you, sir. The wind. Hey, Doug. Hey, It was Skeeter who <laughs> threw the stray beach ball. Cool setup. Where are you? Some sort of beach cocoon? Doug removes his shades. Oh, hey, Skeet. I'm. I'm just protecting myself from the sun. You know, <laughs> Doug replies. I mean, uh, Skeeter replies aloof. Well, when you're done avoiding the rays, let's go swimming together. It'll be fun. Doug thinks to himself, <laughs> "Swimming me? I can only imagine what kind of creatures are ready to attack me if jellyfish were already there waiting to sting me." Q fantasy sequence, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> where Doug approaches the shoreline, only to have a giant monster wave, with a mean face, threaten to crash into Doug. The wave shouts. What do you think you're doing, puddle jumper? Doug timidly replies with the wave towering over him. Oh, you know, I was, I was just going to swim. Maybe splash a little? Splash! Splash! I'll give you a splash that'll blow you so hard out of the water, you'll land on the roof of your house! <laughs> Doug lets out a terrified yell as he runs away from the wave, wanting to have it come crashing down, sinking him into the deep, dark, watery depths below. End fantasy sequence. Wow, 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 Doug shakes off the exaggerated vision. Maybe I'll take a walk along the shore for now, Skeet. Skeeter enthusi- enthusiastically replies, "Sir yourself, Doug. If you need me, I'll be building sandcastles with my brother, Dale. Skeeter waves, running off to rejoin his own family. See you later. <laughs> sandcastles. Now there's an idea. Maybe if I build a big enough one, I could protect myself from the water. Doug thought to himself, Hey, Skeet, wait up. Doug loses his hat, towel, and glasses as he dashes towards his best friend in his red and white striped swim trunks. chops looks towards Doug as the towel lands on his head. Phil and Thea are eating sandwiches from their cooler in the background at the umbrella. While Doug catches up with Skeeter, Patty Manet suddenly blocks his path. Hey, Doug. Oh, hey, <laughs> Patty. <laughs> what are you doing here already? Patty, Patty cheerfully proclaims, Me and the others are practicing for the Bluffington Body Boarding contest later today. Would you like to join us, Doug? There are still a few spots left to register. Doug stares blankly at Chalky, Bebe, Connie, and a dozen other kids gliding around the water over Patty's shoulder. (laughs) Gee, that sounds like fun, Patty. His inner monologue kicks in. Who was I kidding? I couldn't bear to tell her that I was avoiding the water at all costs. You see, when I was a bit younger, dot, 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 Cue flashback sequence of five-year-old Doug running into the water and splashing in the ocean by himself. Doug continues his monologue. I... I had this accident. A shot of three jellyfish floating around Doug's flopping feet in the water. Five-year-old Doug wails for dear life, swallowing water and going underwater after leaping a few times from the repeated stings. Doug's parents grab the nearby lifeguard. Uh watching her dive into the water to save their son from drowning. Cut to a dripping wet five-year-old Doug wrapped in both bandages and a towel while he hugs his parents. It was some of the worst pains of my entire life and it left me too scared to get my feet wet ever since. Crossfade flashback sequence back to the present moment. Doug, Doug, Doug! Patty waves over uh, his face. Doug snaps out of his PTSD flashback sorry patty i think i'll sit this one out but i think i'll grab a mr swirly cone for now and i'll cheer you on from here patty perks up well great well uh, i'll see you later doug you'll be my victory good luck charm as patty mayonnaise rushes back to join her crew doug becomes overwhelmed with romantic delight hearts floating up and popping beside his head doug immediately twirls around blissfully dazed Hi, Paddy's. Good luck, Char. <laughs> Only to have him trip over Dale's fresh sandcastle moat and into Roger and Gang's volleyball game a few feet away. Skeeter looks long, half-buried in the sand next to Dale. The volleyball bounces off of Doug's head and over the net as he lands face-first in the sand. Dark,
1: dark, ducky ball, Ducky ball.
4: Dale chuckles. <laughs> Roger and his cronies surround Doug. Nice spike, funny face. Where'd you learn that move? <laughs> Kindergarten? <laughs> Doug picks himself up and dusts himself off. No, Roger. I'm just grabbing a bite to eat and fell over. Roger fires back with a witty retort. I've seen you dance along the ocean line all day, funny. You can't stay on the beach forever. Roger gets all up in Doug's face, staring down at him. It's just a matter Oh It's just a matter of time before you'll have to get back in the water and make a fool out of yourself. <laughs> Skeeter remarks from his nearby uh, hole half buried in the sand. Doug's not a fool, Roger. He loves swimming. Isn't that right, Doug? Doug panics. Two fantasy sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Doug witnesses all the beach goers pointing and laughing at him as a tidal wave whisks away his swim trunks while he treads water in place. He quickly grabs a yellow ducky inner tube floating nearby to hide his shame. The extreme fantasy fades away and a few puffs of dream cloud smoke. No way, Roger. You're just dying to psych me out. When I'm ready, I'll dive into that ocean and prove I'm not afraid. Come on, Porkchop. Doug puffs out his chest and marches up to the boardwalk with Porkchop racing behind him. Roger and his gang resumes their volleyball game as the camera shifts focus from the beach shore to the boardwalk. A few moments later, Doug and Porkchop bring back a half dozen ice cream cones for his family on the beach. Porchop nestles into his miniature lawn chair and begins licking his cone into like whoa, whoa, whoa. He lands each of the remaining cones to his parents' uh, hands, yeah. Uh Thanks, dear, The praises. Thank you, son, Phil replies. Doug pauses, realizing he has two cones left. Hey, where's Judy? Uh let's see. Oh, she's over there practicing her water ballet, Theta explains. Cut to Judy in a purple one-piece bathing suit with a weird aquamarine headdress on. Doug walks over with her cone. Judy, what are you doing? Judy replies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm acting out a scene for the upcoming Seaworthy adaptation of Shakespeare's The Tempest. My role is to conjure the tidal storms, which brought our main characters together in Act 1, Scene 3. Judy continues to make unusual dramatic poses. As she flops, twirls, and even lunges through the water, all while simulating theatrical sound elements, or uh, sound effects with her voice. Gee, that sounds interesting, Judy. Doug looks back at the other side of the shore where all of his friends are having fun without him. He then looks at his parents relaxing under the family's umbrella. They didn't feel a wave and smile. Think you can help me get used to these raging seas? Doug pleads in. Doug pleads his sister. Feels like everyone in Bluffington wants me to swim today. Everyone except me. Judy uh, completes her pose, holding her hands out like a thriller zombie. Dougie, what you're dealing with is letting your past take over your future. Mom, dad, and I all know you still haven't gotten over your jellyfish incident. Doug's memories are triggered. But that was seven years ago. Judy builds on his response. Exactly. If you don't get over your hydrophobia now, you'll never will. Doug stares out into the sea, holding his melting vanilla ice cream cone. Judy was right. If I didn't do something about this now, then who knows how long it'll plague me. Q Fantasy sequence. Wow, wow wow. Doug revisiting <laughs> the beach. It's very sad. I could, I could listen to a whole
0: episode of you just doing the, the uh swerves. Really good.
4: This yeah. Like the <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> there, there's a clip over there. Reuse it. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Uh, the show must go on though Uh Q fantasy sequence uh, Doug revisiting the beach as an old decrepit man poking his cane into the water shaking <laughs> turning to his left he notices all his friends with water jet packs clearing elaborate water ski obstacles and even Patty winning a trophy signifying her 76th bodyboarding win Patty holds up her award with glee all I had to do was dive in and the waves took care of the rest every single time Patty reports, soon photographers, press, and a mob of Lovington students carry her away as a flash captures her portrait on the cover of Wave Rider magazine. While well, meanwhile, a tiny he- uh, headline photo of old Doug sits in the bottom right corner of the cover. His headline reads, Doug crippled by fear. Why did he wait so long to swim? <laughs> The camera zooms into his ashamed expression as an animated pitcher is abruptly drenched with water. End fantasy sequence. Wow! 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 Doug turns to Judy, now with an empty ice cream cone, due to chop licking all the drips directly beneath it without his awareness. <laughs> all right, Judy, let's do it. His uh, my friends need me more than my fear does. Judy points to her back uh, bag back on the shore. Go grab my bag and we'll do a water meditation to get you in the right frame of mind. Doug runs inland. Wipe transition to Doug and Judy sitting cross-legged on the edge of the shore with a green toy pail of water between them, as well as a lit incense holder. Both siblings have one palm in the pail water while the other palm is signaling an okay sign. So basically a half meditation sign. Um, Take a deep breath, breathe in slowly, hold it. Then exhale, Judy instructs. Doug breathes in but coughs due to the stinging cessation of the thick, salty air overflowing his lungs. (coughs) Judy! (coughs) Doug calls in a raspy voice. Hush, Dougie, concentrate. Doug regains his form and takes another deep breath, this time smoothly. (sighs) Close up of Judy guiding his meditation. I want you to envision yourself in the water, swimming. You are age five again, you're having fun. Doug repeats his sister's words. I'm age five again, I'm having fun. (sighs) Doug focuses on being in the water in his flashback. Only this time, when three jellyfish approach his feet, he quickly shifts his urge to panic to a state of calm stillness. The jellyfish soon disperse and leave. To his surprise, everything is all right. Hey, Judy, I, I think it's working. Doug proclaims, eyes still shut. It's... Doug opens his eyes to witness a shark fin circling him in the shallow edge of the rippling water. Doug screams, ah! Not a moment too sooner does Roger pop up, revealing the plastic <laughs> fin on his back. He chuckles hysterically. Very, oh. very funny, Roger. Doug sternly replies, Oh man, you should have seen the look on his face. Don't eat me, don't eat me. I never said that, Roger. Doug angrily corrects, Suddenly, a bang and some cheering create an uproar nearby. What was that? Doug wonders. Looks like the bodyboarding contest has just begun, Judy states. Bodyboarding contest? I need to get over there pronto. Patty needs me to cheer her on. Doug jolts up out of the shallow water and makes a beeline for the competition area. Judy remains behind with Roger, staring at him with judging eyes. I always thought you were a snake in the grass, but not a shark. Roger is taken aback by her comment, remembering that their past fling together. <laughs> Cut the to Doug running to the competition where other unnamed beachgoers cheer the contestants on. Doug waves his arms and hollers Patty's name. Yay, Patty! Red that wave like nobody's business! Woo! Thanks, Doug! Patty waves. Connie, Chalky, BB, uh, and Patty all catch a bigger-than-expected wave on their bodyboards while the others clutter the watery horizon. Connie struggles to maintain her balance and wipes out first, washing up on the shore unharmed. Mayor White is providing commentary for from a grandstand on the beach in his old fashioned full body, light gray swimsuit. It looks like we're down to our final three contestants, folks. Let's see what daring moves they can do over those rippling curls. Chalky makes a roll, tuck and spin maneuver landing square on his wave. Ooh, a very nice trick by Chalky Studebaker. Mayor White points out, Some of the other kids attempt tricks, but wipe out one by one. In moments, there are only two contestants left, after BB takes a spill from failing to complete a 360 bodyboard turn. Other kids help her out of the water as she quickly drifts to shore. This is exciting, folks. Only two contestants remain. It's down to the fearsome Patty and the steady Chalky. Who will win? Doug continues to cheer alongside Porkchop from the edge of the water close-up of Patty's leg as she begins to lose her balance uh her leg getting tangled in the bodyboarding cord the cord is too tightly wrapped she gets lost in the wave and flips wipes out uh Chalky rides his wave to the finish as the clock ticks down ticks down to zero sticking his landing while Mayor White announces his victory Doug has a sinking feeling that Patty's in some serious trouble oh no Patty hasn't come up for air I have to do something Porchop grasps his head anxiously. Porchop, get the lifeguard! Doug dives into the water just as his canine companion dashes towards the lifeguard tower near the volleyball net. It was now or never, Doug thought to himself. Cute fancy sequence. <laughs> 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 Doug once again approaches the menacing tidal wave with the mean face. Back for more, puddle jumper! The wave mocks in a gritty, uh mocks in a gritty guttural tone. Out of my way, Doug commands, growing a giant fist and sucker-punching the wave into nothingness. Patty raises on a Venus de Milo clamshell, though fully clothed in her bathing suit, (laughs) as Doug hops onto the clamshell whipper. Let's ride this baby home. The giant clam motors to the beach. End fantasy sequence. Never have I paddled harder in my life, but when the people you care about are in most danger... No amount of fear can or will stop you from saving them. While Patty sinks to the watery depths below, Doug reaches for her with every ounce of strength. Close-up of Doug's hand, grasping Patty's hand just in the nick of time before she sinks out of frame forever. Doug bursts out of the water with a triumphant splash. Uh, carrying her by his side. He immediately brings brings her to the shore on a towel Porkchop lays down for her. Without skipping a beat... He performs mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on her until the lifeguard steps in to take over, along with a paramedic. While Crowd is celebrating the contestants on the podium nearby, family and friends crowd around Patty, even Roger. Patty coughs up a belly full of salty water, slowly regaining her senses. Doug? Patty? Wh- what happened? You fell off your bodyboard and nearly drowned, Doug explains. Guess you were my good luck charm after all. Doug blushes. He bends down to hug her. The crowd cheers. Roger admits his wrongdoing. Yeah, that was a noble thing you did, funny. Yeah, Doug. I didn't know you had it in you. Doug turns to his friends. Neither did I, skeet. Neither did I. Cross fate to the funny family, packing up their car near the beach entrance. Penn left to Doug and Patty sitting on the beach together as the sun begins to set. Doug? Yes, Patty? Thank you. No problem. You would have done the same for me. The two turn and stare into each other's eyes. I mean, for everything. We've known each other for how many years now? Doug scratches his head. Eh, four or six, maybe? I don't know. My, my mind's fuzzy. Well, it is long enough to know. Know what? Doug inquires. Know how we really feel for each other. Oh, I, I guess you're going to ask me the unspoken question, aren't you, Duck sighs. Patty nods. <laughs> the truth is, Patty, I've always loved you from what? the very first. <laughs> Come on, just let me finish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the truth, <laughs> the truth is, Patty, I've always loved you. From the very first moment I've laid eyes on you in the honker burger and squirted ketchup on your burger. <laughs> It seemed like we were destined to become more someday. We've been through a lot together, haven't we? Patty recollects. A long pause between them occurs. You know, I was, I was secretly awaiting the day you'd tell me, Doug. You were? Doug is genuinely surprised. You're such a sweet and caring guy. You're always there when people need you for advice. You're highly creative, and you'll do whatever it takes to help others. Even it may involve a sacrifice. Doug and Patty leaning closer. Patty grabs (laughs) 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 Doug's hand. Patty grabs Doug's hand. That's the Doug I have and always will know. I have a feeling I'm going to upset you very, very much, Joey. (laughs) Do you want me to finish or end it there? (laughs) No,
0: no, you got to tell your story.
4: Okay. <laughs> Doug and Patty share a deep, heartwarming kiss. Chop comes to get Doug since funny family's leaving the beach. Patty and Doug walk hand-in-hand hand to their family's car. Doug's narration. It's funny to think after all this time, my fears have been controlling me. Not just with water, but with everything. It's plagued my imagination. It's gotten me into more trouble that I can think of. I can count journal entries, even. But if there's one thing fear has taught me since moving to Bluffington, it's this. Never let it run your life, ever. Because there's a world so much more exciting and beautiful behind that fear. If we just try and see it for what it is. No need to get caught up in in head fancies anymore. Now that I have this, there's no need. Cut to the point of view of Doug's hand placing a photo of Patty and Doug as a couple together on his desk. In his other hand, he holds his closed journal for a moment and determines where to throw it in the trash or store on his bookshelf. Reverse angle of Doug holding up his journal. He places it into the camera, blacking it out. Goodbye, friend, for now. And that's the end of the episode. Uh, the season finale.
0: <laughs> the series finale, right? Series? Yeah. series finale,
4: yeah.
2: It really felt like a finale. Like, yeah, the, yeah, for sure. Like, the bigger events happening, you know, Patty almost right. drowning. <laughs> yeah, uh,
4: it, I don't know how it ended up this way because I was writing this while I was on the beach at the Fourth of July. But wow. the more I, I poked into it, the more I was like, you know, Doug has always been in the friend zone during the Nickelodeon run, <laughs> even into the Disney world. <laughs> Maybe I'll throw him a bone. <laughs> uh,
1: wow. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that, that was, uh, yeah, epic. thanks Uh, Um.
4: i tell you when you write seven pages you don't think it uh ends up as long as it is i think that was definitely a full episode not a half one that's okay you gotta send you
0: gotta send off doug in a (laughs) in a big way
4: yeah i
3: like i like the how he puts the putting the notebook on the shelf is the final shot and it blacks it out i really like that yeah thank you that image yeah
4: Yeah. Cause I know, I thought it was cool that, you know, he'd always start out writing in the journal and then for once he's like having this coming of age passage where he doesn't have to rely on it as much to, uh, share his feelings now that they're out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also just wanted
2: to mention a couple tiny details that I really liked. Uh, pork chop eating his ice cream cone when he's daydreaming. (laughs) Uh, yeah. and, And, uh, mayor Quimby's, uh, uh, bathing His suit. Old yeah, yeah, yeah. suit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> Thank you. I tr- I tried to write them, you know, as nuanced as possible from the show. And yeah. It seemed to make sense. <laughs> yeah. He's
3: the he's the the vote for me guy, right?
4: Yes. Always yeah. about the vote for me, and I probably should yeah. have thrown one in there for good yeah. luck. Yeah. <laughs> I
3: was gonna ask you to do one.
4: Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I to- it totally slipped my mind when I wrote it. <laughs> it. Can be like as he hands the trophy the chalky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right right as doug and pat right as right as doug and patty kiss he just leans over and goes vote for me
4: <laughs> yeah and he has on, like one of the mirror white pops uh lollipops <laughs> what a buzzkill <laughs> yeah
0: um i also love the uh flashback to when doug is like five um mm-hmm. D- doug did this from time to time and those just always felt so very like very sentimental and uh yeah I always like those, cut, uh, even more so than the the fantasy cutaways right. in, the actual, in the actual series of Doug. I always mm-hmm. loved when it would be like a life flashback.
4: Yeah, I, I didn't really see that many throughout the series. The one that sticks in my head is like either the Christmas one when he gets pork chop or when he's in his little cowboy hat riding pork chop. And <laughs> yeah. I felt, you know, it's nice to see Doug at a different age for a point so we can see how far he's come, you know, since that point.
0: Yeah. definitely yeah. yeah now uh this question's for everyone but Brett <laughs> <laughs> okay doug Doug and patty kissing yeah how do you guys feel
2: do you want to go first uh sure sure <laughs> um I because that I mean that that's the big oh, moment man. here. I like yeah. it for the series finale um though Man, I though I did feel myself like wishing there was something that would like stop it at the last moment. Mm. Uh just mm-hmm. interrupt them. Um, not, you know, I don't know. I, I'm I'm okay with it. It was it was good for a finale. It feels maybe a little
4: I don't know. Shoe-horned?
2: No, no. It, it it really does feel good. It's just like comes down to like how do I feel about <laughs> like, yeah, uh,
4: yeah, yeah. I, I no, know it, what you mean. It,
0: it, it yeah works. It totally works in the story. I think uh, in Brett's story, but the Im- yeah, it's more timeline. like the image of uh, Doug and Patty in my head kissing makes me like yeah, they, squirm. Yeah.
4: yeah, I mean they came close in the date when they went to the movies together. So they did, and yeah, this happens did. after that timeline wise.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um. So Calvin and Hobbes Right before they ended, I think somebody put this in maybe a cartoonist in another newspaper or, or a newspaper somewhere, or maybe it wasn't a newspaper at all. Cause I was very young. So I don't know, but there's like a fake final Calvin and Hobbes uh-huh. strip where, um, and I don't know if anybody has seen this um, where it implies that Calvin, they put him on some sort of medication oh, and, and he like, doesn't imagine Hobbes anymore. Oh being no. Intimate.
4: Yeah. That is dark. <laughs> that.
3: Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not like, like weird or anything. It's just like, yeah, this new medicine, my parents had me on, he's like doing his homework. He's like behaving. And then like in the final, in the final panel, it's just him and Hobbs. And when it's usually when it's just him and Hobbs, Hobbs is, you know, yeah. alive, yeah. but in the final panel, this fake, fin- this, this fake final uh strip, he's just a stuffed animal. And that's how I feel about like Patty and Doug kissing. Like Joey said, like, it's just like, whoa you know it's just it's very
4: weird however it does fit yeah. it does fit. yeah if if it wasn't a series finale i wouldn't have put it in i would have been like another tease so that we can just leave our imaginations wandering but considering the position that it's in the gravity of the episode and also that i'm retconning disney's doug it seems like a good place <laughs> forever, for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah and I, I hope i hope that didn't come off as like This, like, scathing critique. No, no. I think it was very I'm very open to criticism (laughs) as
1: long
4: as it's constructive. Uh, That's just where my my head was at when I was forming the script.
0: Oh, I I like it just in the sense that it's got me really thinking. I mean, I'd never... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like,
4: where do they go from here now that they're a couple? How do they act around each other? How do their friend dynamic act, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Brett, you're gonna have to write a follow-up, like Doug, Doug twenty years later. What? (laughs) What,
4: uh... I I could. They haven't rebooted the series yet, although they're working on Rugrats. Yeah. (laughs) So, Doug, all grown up.
0: (laughs) And that and that was Doug's Ocean Commotion. Is that right? Doug's Ocean of Commotion. Doug's Ocean of Commotion. Yeah. Rex. Really, yeah. really, really thoughtful and uh, just like a lot of parts to really kind of latch on and be like, oh yeah, that feels like Doug. So I yeah. really liked it. Yeah. Oh,
4: thank you very much. Sure. And uh, I don't know if you any, any of you noticed it, but that little Judy line that she says to Roger, that was in reference to like, when Roger was head over heels for Judy and like tried to give her flowers and oh, stuff. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs>
4: yeah. So it's like a little jab at him for being that way. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's cool. That's a, I mean, uh, it was a perfect summer episode too, but I almost love the idea of writing episode series finale, like write a. Yeah. yeah. Good point.
4: Good yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. it's a, it's a totally different process where you have to think of like everything that's happened so far and somehow lead into it and tie things up in, yeah. in a way that seems appealing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And most of these shows didn't get a formal, like, you know, nowadays every show that's a major show gets a series finale. Right. And most of these shows didn't really, if they did, they didn't take it too seriously, but most didn't get one at all. Yeah, um, definitely.
4: Like um, one that comes to mind is like, you know, either Tale of the Night Nurse for Are for the Dark or Saturday mm-hmm. for Pete and Pete. Those are good episodes on their own, but I don't know if they feel like complete ending episodes for a Siri, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, Bob, Bob's, yours Yours could have been a series finale had Elvis stuck around.
4: Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could, could have been. Um, I wasn't even thinking about that when I did it. I just thought that the image, <laughs> I was just thinking the image of a full-grown alligator in a, <laughs> a
4: teenager bedroom was
3: funny. But yeah, it could be.
4: Yeah. Um, do you know what um, Elvis made me think of full-grown size? Two Nick moments. Uh, one is, you know, when you were mentioning the the tank for him, all I can picture is like crazy Aunt Gretchen from Rocco, you know, Filbert's yeah. relative <laughs> stuck in that thing. And also when Arnold frees Lockjaw from the aquarium, uh, both kind of sentimental for me anyways, aquatic. Yeah, love,
0: yeah. Yeah, love that Arnold.
4: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, th- those were... Uh, I highly enjoyed all those stories. Yeah. Uh, great job. So everybody. Yeah. And, 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 and four you. four different shows, I mean, we don't communicate prior to what shows we're <laughs> picking. So I was glad we got some variety.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. It was fun to share all these.
0: Yeah.
3: I was worried I was um, going to do the same thing as someone else.
0: So. I know it's, <laughs> uh, it, it pains me every time we do one of these. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, cause the, I think the, the, the Halloween one scarred me. Both Andrew and I did. Hey dude. Which is like, how on earth do both of us do Hey for Halloween?
4: (laughs) Too much Ernst. (laughs) (laughs) It really
0: really was. It was too much Ernst at the time. Um, So I always get a little panicky. But at the same time, you know, the odds that your story is going to be the same are so slim.
4: Yeah, sometimes it just works out like this time. Yeah,
0: yeah, perfect. Um, Well, Andrew, what are we doing next time?
2: Uh, Next week we're going to talk about our top uh, summer episodes from any shows yeah yeah, yeah we're gonna Go. boil
0: them down and uh I, I uh there's a few off the top of my head but i feel like it you know in all of these top whatever five six lists yeah. uh i always find new stuff that i had forgotten about
4: yeah hmm. for sure yeah. yeah it'll be fun to, fun to see what take um, you know takes place on that list and what just barely misses because there's yeah. a lot of good episodes definitely yeah.
0: a lot of good stuff
3: um, if I could, sorry. If I could, you asked at the beginning what episodes remind us of summer. Um, in addition, yeah. in, in addition to that Doug episode, I can't believe I forgot about this one. Um, forgive me because I don't know titles really. The Hey Arnold where they fix up the lot. Oh, vacant oh, lot. lot. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, that's also yeah, that's right
0: incredible. Yeah, yeah really, amazing. really great. Ar- Arnold's another show I mentioned Pete and Pete but Arnold's another show that does summer perfectly yeah
4: mm, for sure Yeah, yeah. every time
2: um, you know what one last thing I just wanted to mention I forgot to mention earlier uh, I really liked that moment in um, your story Joe with the um, mirage of Mr. Tasty
1: that, oh, felt,
2: yeah. that felt very just like the whole moment of him being sweaty and wanting that like and then seeing him disappear in my mind I guess uh, just felt yeah. just, you know it was just a really good moment really good summery
0: moment um, well oh, that would be a props to um, the original short the original short it's not Mr. Tasty it's a uh, he sees Ellen holding out a popsicle but it's <laughs> not it's uh-huh. a mir- it's a mirage uh, oh yeah so I, remember I, that, I, I just twisted a little bit
4: yeah a nice visual imagery because yeah. whenever you think of summer for pete and pete at least it's always mr tasty with the blue tornado bars
0: <laughs> for sure yeah
4: yeah all
0: right well uh if you want to get a hold of us you can find us on twitter at boc podcast instagram at orange couch podcast you can email us at orange couch podcast at gmail.com uh you can find us on itunes spotify Podbean. bean uh, leave us a review that's really helpful uh and bob and brett thanks so much for uh I mean, this is, you know, I didn't mention this up front, but write an episode is a very, even for like Andrew and I's close friends, and we don't blame them at all. Write an episode is um, a task that most people aren't eager to do with us. You know, people like doing lists and uh, episode reviews, but write an episode is really daunting. So we really appreciate you guys taking the time and coming up with some
2: really thoughtful episodes.
4: Yeah. Sure. It was a fun challenge. Thanks for having us.
2: And just putting yourself out there.
4: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I just wanted,
3: off of what Andrew just said, um, I was terrified. <laughs> let's just let's just put that out there. Into, Me too. into the universe. <laughs> that was really scary, but um, no problem at all, and I'd love to do it again. Cool.
2: Awesome. Yeah, you guys nailed it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, well, uh, it was great having you, and we hope we'll see the rest
1: of you next episode. Well,
0: hold on a second. One. Hold on before you do that. Hold yeah. on. Okay, go ahead. Are you recording in your car? It sounds <laughs> like a car door. <laughs> I am I am currently in my car, yeah. Oh wow, I got it right.
3: <laughs> Save that blooper for the end. <laughs>